we are going back um, uh, into what we've been dealing with uh, uh, for the past month. We're going today to read one scripture out of the book of Psalms, chapter 9, verse 17. It's a very short scripture, but it's packed with a whole lot of power. Psalms chapter 9, verse 17. This is what it reads like. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Let us pray right now. Lord, as we come to you in your mighty name, we thank you and we praise you for this service today. We thank you, God, for the privilege we have, Lord, being here. We ask, God, for your anointing right now to rest upon us, upon my body, Lord, and my, my throat to give me the strength, God, to minister the word. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. On the first Sunday in, in the month of June, I began the series that I titled The Moral Collapse of America. The Moral Collapse of America. During the series, we dealt with the moral issues which are leading this nation on a terminal path towards destruction unless we can turn these things around or at least slow them down, the same fate which engulfed Sodom and Gomorrah will soon be knocking at our door. Hallelujah. Folks, this world is a reeling and a rocking. It's a reeling and a rocking. Uh, a, lot, a lot of folks don't even know today that uh, last, last night during the night there was another 7.1 earthquake off the shore of uh, Japan. Uh, and um, half the night, people were watching for tsunamis in Japan and also uh, uh, the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, uh, there wasn't; uh, they got some high surfs, but um, uh, but they uh, they didn't uh, hit, and everybody was breathing a, um, a sigh of relief. Uh, I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for my iPad, because I got I got I got I got an app downloaded on this iPad that keeps me updated. Uh, with uh, all all the disasters that happen around the world when they happen from earthquakes to hurricanes to what have you, uh, and uh, because I had it programmed in my system, I was I was I was studying last night some something else, and it just flashed up on the screen uh, a news flash and warning, and then uh, and I hit it and carried uh, a 7.1 earthquake, and um, folks, if we can't if we can't look and see everything that's happening around the world right now and realize that we are in the end time, that we're at the soon coming of Jesus Christ, I don't know what else it's going to take to convince you. Hallelujah. I don't know what else it's going to take to convince people that uh, this thing is about to wind up. It's about to be over with. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and, and this is one of the reasons why I've been dealing with this uh, this series, The Moral Collapse of America. And, and, and I want to say this up front before I really get down into the message. I am proud for my heritage as, a, as an American, and I thank God that I was born in this nation above any other country. 
There's no, no other country nowhere else in the world I know of that I think I'd rather be than rather here. Hallelujah. Praise God. I have had the opportunity to go to some other countries and other nations through, um, uh, uh, mainly doing with ministry or what, what have you. And I'm, if I ever leave the United States, I'm always thankful, and I'm thankful to God when I get back on our ground. Hallelujah. So I'm proud from uh, my heritage as an American, and I praise God that I was born here. But the fact still remains that the principles and foundations which have made this nation great are being destroyed right before our very eyes by enemies of liberty and righteousness. Hallelujah. All the principles, the foundations, everything that has made us who we are and what we are, Hallelujah. Are being torn down and destroyed right in front of our very eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to declare something today. I'm not ready to give up on this great land yet. I'm not ready to give up on this nation yet. That's why I'm delivering this message. Because we still, we can still have revival so judgment can be avoided. Hallelujah. There's still a hope. There's still a chance of revival in this nation. And if we can bring revival to this country, hallelujah, then judgment can be postponed. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. America if we have revival, can remain the land of the free and a beacon of hope to the world. Hallelujah. At this point, after dealing with a lot of things that we've been dealing with over the past few weeks in regards to this message, at this point, it seems that America has forgotten God and the foundation on which she was built. So the first step is to remember and repent just as God told the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation, hallelujah, that we need to repent. Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, Jesus told them, He said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Hallelujah. I've never ran into a man, I've never ran into a woman who didn't need to repent in their life. Hallelujah. Repentance in the altar is not for the common sinner on the street, because we're all sinners saved by grace. Hallelujah. And if you live tomorrow, you will find that you will need to repent. If you live to the next day, hallelujah, I ain't seen nobody sprouting angels lately, angels' wings lately, hallelujah. We are in need of the mercy and the grace of God. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Glory. And we as a nation, we need to remember some things. We need, amen, to remember some things that we've let slip. Hallelujah. Jesus told him in Ephesus, Remember therefore from which you are fallen, and repent and do the first works. I'm going to tell you something that's really sad, folks. It's sad for anybody to backslide. I don't like to see nobody backslide. That's sad. But I'm going to tell you something that's just a little bit worse than that. For somebody to backslide... And be backslid on God 
and don't even realize they're backslidden. They're deceived to the point that they don't realize that that same relationship is not there no more. Hallelujah. That relationship that they had with the Lord, that intimate relationship, hallelujah, it's no longer. And folks, there's a lot of people in that, in that category. There's a lot of people in that category. Oh, oh God, don't never let me, amen, uh, become desensitized of your spirit. Hallelujah, and of your will, amen, in my life. Forgetfulness is a problem that many have, especially when we get older. Hallelujah. We all have problems. Most of us anyway have problems with forgetfulness. And Lord, man, I don't even—I don't even like to talk about mine. I have so much problems. I mean, I can leave one room of the house to go to another room. By the time I get to the other room, I forgot. Hello, why I got there for? That's bad. Hallelujah. Lord God, I went—I went to the refrigerator and, and got out a jug of milk, brother Paul. Amen. Poured me some milk. Amen. Then. <laughs> Instead of opening the refrigerator door and putting it back in the refrigerator, open up a cabinet where the where the glasses are and go to set it up there. Now I know none of nobody else here has done stuff like that but me. Hallelujah, <laughs> glory to God. I, I mean, it's those kind of days when you stand it up there with your hand up in the air and the cabinet door where the glasses are set and you fix and set that jug of milk up there, and you realize, duh, what you're doing. You look around and say, Oh God, anybody watching? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So forgetfulness, amen, can be a problem with a lot of us. But church, there's one thing we can't afford to be forgetful of. We can't afford to forget God. By the way, by the way, this last lesson of this series I'm talking about, the title of this message is The Forgotten Lord. That's what I'm preaching about today, The Forgotten Lord. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things we do forget, but we cannot afford to forget about God. This nation must not forget God. We must remember that we are here because of Him. And if we are to remain here, it will be by Him and Him alone. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're here as a nation because of God. Hallelujah. You might think otherwise, but we are here today as a country and we've survived what we went through. It's because of God. When we forget that, we're in trouble. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a quotation from Alexis D. Tocqueville. I may not pronounce his last name right because he's a Frenchman. And this man came to the United States in 1831 in order to search and discover the source of Americans' greatness. He came over and he toured this country and he, um, he went from one end of it to the other and he, and he looked and, and he was searching. And uh, already by 1831, other people all over the world was looking at America with awe and they was wondering, what is the source? Because there's no other nation in the history of humanity that's done what America has done. One of the greatest nations that there ever has been. So he came in 1831, and he began to search to discover the source 
of America's greatness and in his writings of which he has become well uh, known. He expounded that. Maybe you have heard this quote before. It's, it came from him in his writings. This is what he says. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Alexis, this Frenchman, was not a preacher. He was not a Bible scholar. Amen. He was not a theologian. He was a historian, and he dealt with political science. Amen. It's what his major field was. But this man, amen, had, had the understanding and the sense when he came to this country to look and see, amen, how we've been able to accomplish what we've accomplished. Amen. Pin something better to what many preachers have penned when he said America is good because, I mean, America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Those, that's a profound statement, folks. And we're sitting right now on the edge of oblivion, facing that, looking at it. I want to go over briefly just a couple things of which America as a nation has seemed to have forgotten in recent years. The forgotten Lord. The forgotten Lord. I, I want you just, just to think about that for a moment. The forgotten Lord. What are some of the things that America has forgotten as we talk about this total overall moral collapse of our nation the first thing that America has forgotten is God's providence, His providence. We've forgotten that. The word providence, when I looked it up in, uh, in the dictionary, gave me a definition as the foreseeing care and guidance of God. I was amazed to see that to come out of um, uh, a modern English dictionary uh, because we have gotten to be so secular today. But when I looked it up, it said the foreseeing care and guidance of God. Listen, folks, i got something to say right here and right now. We've got too many people today in the White House, in Congress, and even in the classrooms across this nation who think America has come this far by our own ingenuity and human spirit. Hallelujah. But behind every great man in our nation's past who beat the odds and blazed the trail was the sure, steady hand of a mighty God leading and directing the way, the providence of God. Hallelujah. The man that we give the greatest honor for leading the Continental Army and helping to win the, the Revolutionary War. Amen. General George Washington, which we elected to be the very first president. Everybody just looks at him in awe and gives him honor, and which we should. But even George Washington himself knew he could not do what he did on his own. No human being could have done what he did at Valley Forge unless there was a providence of God. Every soldier would have froze dead at Valley Forge if it wasn't for God. Enough of them endured frostbite and everything else as it was. Thank God 
But George Washington was a man who never got too big and high and mighty to kneel down and pray and call upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Think about it. I mean, others are founding fathers. All of these men. Amen. And we talked about the um, Declaration of Independence one week. And those who signed that, the Constitution. I found out, I found something about studying uh, 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 the Constitution one time that they do not put in our textbooks no longer. They don't want it taught to our children no more. But man, after many, many trips, uh, attempts to try to forge that document, they were getting nowhere. They were getting nowhere. They were having all kind of problems. Hallelujah. Finally, there was one who stood and told that Continental Congress that it's time for us to stop what we're doing and bow the need, hallelujah, and ask the help and the guidance of the providence of the Almighty. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's how, how politically incorrect it is. Hallelujah. Nobody likes it no longer, but this nation was founded because of God. This nation, amen, is here today because of God. And the problems that we are having in this country today is because too many people have forgotten that. He's become the forgotten Lord. He's become the forgotten Lord. I want to take you to Psalms chapter 78 and read verses 52 through 53. And I'm reading from the American Standard Version. Listen to what it says. But he led forth his own people like sheep. And guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them safely, so they feared not. But the sea overwhelmed their enemies. Just as God led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, folks, into the promised land, God led Columbus to discover this land. Hallelujah. Some people don't believe that. I can't help but some people don't believe. Hallelujah. But the scripture I read out of Psalms talks about how he led his own people like sheep and he guided him. Talking about the providence of God, the guidance of God, the direction of God. Everything that's happened in our history has been ordained. Brother Bobby made a statement a while ago that he said he didn't believe nothing in this life happened without the direction of God. And that's the way it is for this country and every one of us in here. You'll find something. You'll find something in your bulletin today entitled, What Are the Chances? There's a scripture in here in Proverbs 6 and 33. The King James says, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. And then it's got that same scripture again in the God's Word translation. And this is what it says. The dice is thrown, but the Lord determines every outcome. Now, I bug Sister Darlene all the time. 
I do it because I know where the gets are going. But like like the other day, we was going to go into the grocery store. And we we got in uh, got uh, uh, in uh, in Kroger's, and uh, you know I know some of you know what I'm talking about. You go somewhere to a shopping center, some somewhere, and you drive and drive. It's hard to find a parking spot, and you have to a lot of times just park a long way away and just have to walk back. You know, we got over there. I drove right up there. And the very first parking place had just been vacated. And I started pulling it, and I, and I knew it'd get to her. And I says, oh, man, look at here. How lucky are we? <laughs> and she starts her same old sermon, preaching at the preacher. She said, we're blessed. We're not lucky. We're blessed. Amen. Glory to God. There is nothing that happens to you out of luck or chance. Hallelujah. The dice may be thrown, brother, but God determines the outcome. It's in the hands of God. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't have control of my life no more ever since the day I became His child and neither you, glory to God. You don't make the decisions. Sometimes God acts like your wife does. What do you mean by that, Brother Sammy? Well, you, you've been married long enough, you know. Women knows how to make men think they're getting their way. They figure out they don't need going through all the arguments and all this stuff of who's boss because they feel like they know who's boss. Hallelujah. Instead of arguing about it, they know what to do to make you think you're having your way. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory, glory to God. Glory to God. And you know what? Sometimes the Lord does the same thing with His people. Hallelujah. He, sometimes he, he lets you think you're having His way all the long while. Amen. He's directing you. He knows where the outcome is going to be. Glory to God, because you're His son or you're His daughter. And He's got greater things planned for you that you could ever plan for yourself. Hallelujah. He's got things, greater things imagined for you that you could ever imagine for yourself. God says, I know my plans I have for you. Glory to God, and to give you a good outcome. Hallelujah. God says, I got this thing under control. Don't worry about it. Don't waste a night's sleep over it. Hmm. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. That's, that's good. I had to throw that in for extra measure, and I won't charge you extra for it. Hallelujah. Glory. Boy, to God, somebody go off and say, Brother, Brother Pritch preaching from the bullet instead of the Bible. But that's in the Bible. Proverbs 6 33. We may throw the dice, but God determines the outcome. Hallelujah. Just as God led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And to the promised land, God led Columbus to discover this land. He cared for and guided the pilgrims over the seas and helped them to make it through those early years when all the odds were against them. Over half of them died that first winter. If it wasn't for God, there wouldn't have been no survivors. But somehow... Somehow our textbooks have forgotten to tell the complete story of God's providence and how we overcame every storm, 
natural disaster and foe that came against us. It was God and His blessings on this nation that has made us who we are, the greatest nation on the earth. But we have become like Israel of old who forgot the power and the providence of an almighty, loving God. Sadly, I have to stand before you today and tell you to many people in this country, He has become the forgotten Lord. Hallelujah. Psalms 106 and 7. And man, I've got to move on. My, my, it's, I'm pushing 4 o'clock close here. Psalms 106 and 4 through 14. I want to read these uh, groups of scriptures. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember. Notice that now. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. But he rebelled, but rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved him for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. Yeah, all these big smart theologians today says, Ah, the waters down there, the Red Sea was only 12 inches deep. And everybody talking about the great miracle of Moses and carrying the children across the Red Sea, that that water wasn't but 12 inches deep. Oh, really? You tell me, God, I made it a great American off. He drowned all of Pharaoh's army and his chariots washed up on the shore in 12 inches of water. Huh? And they want to call me the stupid one. Hallelujah. I tell you who the stupid one is, is the ones who don't believe the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's foolishness. Hallelujah. He saved them from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their enemies. My Lord, how in the world could he cover all them many Pharaoh's army in 12 inches? That's beyond me. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praises. Verse 13, they soon forgot his works. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wickedness and tested God in the desert. So all the way back through time, folks, people have been forgetting Guilty of forgetting the providence of God, His care and His guidance, how He's been there. Hallelujah. There are people that I could lead you to today who's outside of church, outside of the ark of safety. They're not living for God. They're doing their own thing. Why? Because they've forgotten how God has delivered them time and time in the past and how they called upon him in the wee hours of the morning, and he moved. Hallelujah. God is still a God of power and might. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, I don't want to ever forget what he's done for me. What about you? I don't want ever to forget it. I want to make it, make it known. I want, I want my life to be a, a living testimony unto him. There's one other thing. That we have forgotten as a nation. We forgot His providence. And the second thing, we forgot His purpose. 
we as a nation has forgotten God's purpose. Listen to me close. When the pilgrims faced the dangers of the unknown sea to settle in this land, it was for religious freedom and to spread the Christian message to other lands. I've done a lot of study. I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I love history, and I love especially American history. And I've, when I studied church history going, through, going to Bible college, Amen. I learned a lot of things that I never did read out of a textbook when I went to the public schools. And I know for a fact, folks, that those pilgrims, amen, one of the reasons that they, that they, they went out into areas that they, they didn't know and what, what was going to be the outcome. Yes, they were, they were looking for freedom. Yes, they were trying to get away from the tyranny um, that they was under, but they also had a purpose in mind, and that purpose was to spread the gospel message. That is written, recorded history, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. There was a purpose. In other words, they had a sense of divine destiny. They had a desire to feel, fulfill God's purpose and will. You want to know what, what, what keeps me going? You want to know what feeds me 24-7 in my life? Why I keep coming here? Why I keep doing what I do? Why I don't get all concerned about certain things in the natural with maybe my health or, or, or whatever? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Even in times, yes, and there have been times that this this, uh, this preacher has, has been threatened. Not as many as Brother Angle was or some of the rest of them, but there has been some threats. I've had people come out against me in tent revivals, um, uh, packing guns and all, and all that stuff. Amen. You say, you say a lot of things <laughs> when you're young that, you, you know, you don't, you don't quite think. But um, there was one thing that's always been upon my mind, that my life is driven by his purpose. And even though the devil would fight me and come against me, the devil can't take me out. I'm not going nowhere till I fulfill my purpose in this land. And if you're a child of God, neither are you. And guess what, folks? When you finish the work that God has placed you here to do, what other reason do you want to be here? Hallelujah. Glory to God. When I finish my calling, as the Apostle Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished the course. Paul didn't want to stay here no longer. He didn't complain and send letters to all the churches that he found and say, Oh, pray, pray for me for healing. Pray for God to heal me so I won't die. He wanted to die. He knew his work was on. He was ready to get that crown. Hallelujah. And more of us would benefit if we would get that same attitude. You're not here to stay. God didn't put you here to stay. He put you here for a purpose and a reason. Hallelujah. And when I fulfill that purpose and reason, why would I want to stay? What is it holding me here when I could be with Him there? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sometimes we need to correct our way of thinking sometimes. Hallelujah. 
there are sometimes we shouldn't be praying for healing. Hallelujah. Especially if we know the perfect will of God in our life. Hallelujah. Man, I've got to I've got to wrap this up. Hallelujah. Today we have lost this purpose. We've forgotten what God requires of every one of us. We have forgotten what our purpose is, what God wants us to do. In the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, listen to these passages. It says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8, He has showed thee, O man... Look at that. Follow it. I'm going to interject something here. He has showed you, America, what is good and what doeth the Lord require of thee to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. He showed us that. That's what God requires of every one of us. It's, it, it's us who runs around. We want to tack a lot of stuff onto our religion, and we want to put a long list of rules and regulate or regulations and requirements that make everybody. It makes it so hard for somebody to try to live for God when the Bible says the ways of a transgressor is hard. Hallelujah! Glory to God! If you ever want to realize and wonder who are not somebody's commandments and regulations of God or man, Hallelujah! Read what the book says in John's writing. He says, he says that the commandments of the Lord are not grievous. Hallelujah. What God asks you to do will not grieve you. It will not harm you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You see, God has showed us what he requires of us, what the purpose is, to do justly. Amen. To live our life with justice and, and, and to be, be just toward everybody. You see, we have forgotten justice in this country. We saw that in the outcome of a fame. I'm, I'm not going to call no names, but we saw that America has forgotten justice in the outcome of a famous trial just this past week. Hallelujah. We found justice thrown out the window. Amen. It's it, it it's not justice no more. It's how much money you got to pay, and whether or not you got you got you can pay, uh, you can buy the best lawyer in the lane. You can get you can get away with murder in this country if you got the right amount of cash. You got the right uh, attorney. Just ask OJ. He'll tell you that. Hello. We've forgotten justice, but folks, we don't show mercy no more. He said, what, what does the Lord require of us? To do justly and to love mercy? Well, we don't show mercy no more. We don't show mercy to the elderly. They take care of us and they raise us and they give us and make us able to do on our own. And when they're not able to give us no more and they're not able to help us no more, We'll, we'll pack them off somewhere and drop them off in a home somewhere and never go and visit them, never go see them. Somebody said, I knew he was going to quit preaching and start meddling. Hello, somebody. 
We don't show mercy to the elderly. We don't show mercy to the poor. Hello? Did you know there's a promise in God's Word that if you lend to the poor that you'd never go uh, go without yourself? Did you know that? That's the Word of God. We don't have mercy for the elderly. We don't have mercy for the poor. And especially we don't have mercy for the unborn baby because we slaughter about 50 million of them a year through abortion. We forgot mercy in this country as well as justice. But then he also said to walk humbly with thy God. You see, if it ain't enough that we shake our heads toward, mm, hallelujah. If all that isn't enough, men will shake their heads towards heaven with a haughty and proud spirit declaring that we are wiser than God who brought us to this land of beauty. It is one thing to forget his purpose for us as a nation, but it is another thing to flaunt our arrogance in the face of God and declare from now on it's going to be my way and not yours. But that's sadly, that's what many in our nation is doing today. Proverbs 16 and 8 is the last scripture I'm going to read. It says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Folks, the foundations of righteousness have crumbled in this nation. And common decency and morality have collapsed around us. Who has enough concern? I'm asking now. I'm asking in the closing of this message and of this series, The Moral Collapse of a Nation. I wonder among us who has concern enough to stand for the sake of this nation, for the sake of the future of your children and your grandchildren, and repent for this nation's sins and pray for revival. Because you see, church, it's up to us. It's up to us. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together.